Welcome to the Brood Life Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Hall. So grab a cup of coffee, plug in your headphones, and let's have a conversation. So I am here with a special election day episode, uh, bonus episode. We're going to have another episode that comes out tomorrow, like uh, normally on Wednesdays, and it's going to be a good one, but just wanted to come on and just kind of share about my, kind of what I've been thinking for a long time and something I wrote out a long time ago, never really shared it. So why not make it into a podcast episode and talk about kind of my journey as, uh, you know, with my politics, my, my political standing beliefs and my faith over the last several years. And so, uh, I'm just going to kind of read out what I wrote, uh, had to change up some of it because I wrote it before a lot of the election happened and before I voted. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, lately I've been thinking about how my faith and political changing, uh, thinking has changed drastically over the last seven or eight years. And if I'm being honest, it was probably before that. Uh, I believe that there are a lot of people like me in the same stage or have been through this transition recently. White, 30s, grew up in conservative evangelical homes. We were taught growing up that there was some things, there were some things that were more important than anything else. Uh, Be at church when the doors were open evangelize everyone to save them from hell, don't have sex until you're married, always fight and protest for the unborn pro-life, and always vote for the Republican candidate because they will protect your rights and the rights of the unborn. And if we're really lucky, they're going to figure out a way to overturn Roe versus Wade. If I'm being completely honest, I probably believe that way all the way up until after the 2008 election when Obama was elected for his first term. Uh, I remember uh, seeing cons- uh, co-workers reading his autobiography when I first started working where I am now and hearing a lot of buzz about him, but he was a Democrat and Democrats were off limits as a conservative evangelical Christian. Literally, even if it wasn't outright stated, it was implied that I would be sinning and grieving God in the heart of God by voting for a Democrat, uh, Democratic nominee in any position any elected position. And uh, I remember the buzz in the conservative circles, which I was part of at the time around John McCain and this woman he picked as a vice presidential candidate, Sarah Palin. I mean, man, they loved her. And she was down to earth and she was folksy and relatable. Uh, I even stood in line for probably an hour or more uh, at the Coliseum, which is a venue here in town parking lot. Uh, to see her in person at a rally during the campaign season back then. Uh, I thought I was, you know, witnessing history, and I guess I was, uh, but I was out cheering for and supporting God's party, uh, in quotes. Again, never spoken outright, but it was highly implied. And some people have spoken that outright probably, and just not necessarily in my circles, I guess. Uh, I remember being so disappointed when Obama won on election night. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. He was going to bring our nation down further in the midst of a recession. 
And, you know, did you hear that he was a Muslim and going to use a Quran uh, to swear in during his inauguration? And that literally heard that from people uh, in my own life. And that one still baffles me that people grabbed on into it so quickly and still believe it to this day. But that was even before Facebook and memes took off. I would say, you know, can you imagine that, what it would be like today? But don't really have to imagine because we can log on to most social media platforms and see it in person. Uh, I remember vividly seeing the crowd celebrating when Obama won. Uh, the cheers and the tears of joy that were taking place. Sure, I had seen celebration before, but this seemed different and this felt more vulnerable. I can look back now and see that was a seed being planted for the work that would happen in eight years and how my heart was being opened and softened to the journey that God was going to take me on in the future. And I honestly don't remember much about the next eight years while he was in office. I probably should, but I don't. Uh, I remember voting for uh, Mitt Romney in the 2012 election because, again, he was the Republican nominee and that was the right thing to do. However, I remember uh, second-guessing myself and I made the mistake of announcing that publicly on Facebook and in a blog that I had at the time. Uh, do not blog anymore, but who remembers blogging? Uh, I don't even remember exactly what I said, uh, but I remember seeing what good had come over the last four years. And I remember feeling in my gut that this may change my uh, normal only vote Republican stance. And I decided to share it. And it was a big mistake for me uh, because, you know, of the circles I was in. And uh, I'm surprised I even shared it, to be honest. Um, and I, I mentioned that I, you know, should and that I could look past his stance or the Democratic Party stance on abortion, which I mean, if you are aware or familiar with conservative circles, that's a big, like, issue. Uh, well, uh, once I did share that, I had more than one person uh, pretty much tell me I was wrong in so many words and cause me to feel guilt and shame for even thinking about voting outside, quote unquote, God's chosen party. So I ended up voting for uh, Romney and Obama won re-election anyway, and I had uh, peace because I listened and voted the right way. I don't think it was the Holy Spirit that told me to vote Republican, but the feelings of going along to get along because I'm an Enneagram 9, uh, that caused me to change my mind. So let's fast forward another four years. Uh, 2016 came along, and we all know what happened next. Donald J. Trump, uh, reality television host, businessman, not a successful one, casino owner, and millionaire turned presidential nominee. I, you know, No one believed that it could happen, and if he received the nomination, no one believed that he would win against the likes of Hillary Clinton. However, what I and the world saw play out over the course of 2016 up until election night in November still feels like some sort of nightmare fever dream to this day. Multiple allegations of sexual assault, actual recording of him describing sexual assault, uh, no real plans except ones that promoted and played on bigotry and the fear that a lot of conservatives held in their hearts already. Promises of building a wall, increasing immigration restrictions, and many others. And you know, watching evangelicals that I knew and loved fawning over him and continuing to turn a blind eye to every single thing that came up that pointed to the reality of 
this man not having what it took to be an effective leader of a nation. Heck, he could barely manage his own real estate business, and now we even know more so. Uh, but all it took was him saying something about uh, two Corinthians and a prosperity gospel pastor, Paula White, who brought other evangelical pastors in and claimed he, quote-unquote, accepted Christ, and that was enough. He wasn't perfect. They would, would and they still say, and he's going to protect our Christian rights, protect the unborn, and be good for the economy, which in turn is the holy trinity of electable nominee when it comes to a conservative candidate. And so they did, and much to dismay of many, he was elected. I didn't vote for him, and if I'm being honest, I didn't vote for Clinton at the time. Uh, either I wrote in a nominee, because uh, for me personally, I didn't know who to vote for, but I still wanted to vote. Uh, some will say I wasted my vote and that I shouldn't have even voted, which is fine to have <laughs> to feel that way, but I truly felt that there wasn't one I could get behind 100%. And I felt that I should still vote and make my voice heard, even if there wasn't a shot of that person being elected. Uh, what has occurred over the last four years has been discouraging, disheartening, and depressing. Uh, I've watched people on both sides of the, the aisle spread hate, um, bias, quote-unquote, news, and divisive and dishonest memes that are only there to throw gas on the fire. I've seen believers cheer on walling up our borders, relishing in the lack of immigrants and refugees allowed in because we need reform, even though the process was already long, arduous, and complicated as it was. The president doesn't trust brown people, so we shouldn't either. In the midst of all this, the long unanswered cry for racial justice became louder and longer than it has in decades. I now remember back on that night when Obama won his first election and seeing the people of color and the crowd weeping because they never thought they were going to see a black man become president in their lifetime. I remember some of my black colleagues at work wearing t-shirts with the new first family on them and not really understanding what the big deal was and admittedly rolling my eyes internally because he was a Democrat and they were only voting and celebrating him because he was black. I remember the unrest in Ferguson, and something started changing in my heart, but not completely. I remember seeing multiple deaths and shootings of uh, my black brothers and sisters in the news and feeling pain uh, for what, what, what was happening, what had happened, and it being brushed off as a bad cop or a misunderstanding. However, there was a church shooting killing black brothers and sisters when the white supremacists marched ran over a woman counter-protesting, and our leader said there were, quote-unquote, good people on both sides. Sometime, something awakened in me, and I said, this isn't right, and you know it, and you need to dig into this and educate yourself. So I did. Um, I started reading. I joined a group on Facebook called Be the Bridge and went through three months of silence while reading blog posts and articles and watching documentaries listening to podcasts and listening to the stories of my brothers and sisters of color and believing them. Now I've taken the pill that caused me to see the matrix and I can't see it again in the naivety and privilege that I once did. Um, there's a, there's more to that part of the story that can fit into just this short amount of time that I may get into another time or in further conversations. But, and now we're here today is election day and and it's in the midst of outcries for justice and equality and in the middle of an extremely poorly handled pandemic that is causing unrest and division among everyone. However, uh, you know, I've already voted. I voted early. 
Um, but this year, I'm not thinking about myself at the voting booth. I'm thinking about my neighbors and the city. I'm thinking about how new policies and legislation can be put into place that will offer protection, hold police officers accountable when they misuse their badge and authority, and help regulate funding to the correct areas so that our communities are safer for everyone of every skin color, gender, nationality, and sexual orientation. I'm choosing to love my neighbor in the voting booth. I'm choosing pro-life, but now instead of just meaning anti-abortion, it means pro-life from the womb to the tomb, life for each and every person. The anti-black and racist systems and rhetoric are bipartisan and stretch across all classes and political affiliations. So the work of tearing down racism that many of our systems are built on and being anti-racist should also be bipartisan and stretch across all classes and political affiliations. I know there's many of you like me that were raised in communities and churches that this nation as uh, and were taught that this nation as uh, was is, is exceptional above all other nations and chosen by God from the time of Christopher Columbus and the founding fathers to be founded for religious freedom. You've been taught that in order to preserve our morals and standards, you can only vote for one party and you have to support one nominee in order to be in good standing with God and to not feel the shame of grieving the heart of God by voting for another party's nominee. However, I know you're feeling in your gut that this isn't the only way, that you feel a pool to vote to protect and bring equality for your neighbors and your community, that you want to protect the refugee and the immigrant, both legal and illegal, that you want to rise up against systems that have mostly been there to benefit white straight men, but you don't know if you can. Even if you don't agree with every situation or point in the last sentence, it's okay. You just need to vote and stand up for what you believe in and don't feel obligated or pressured to vote for one nominee or one party because of fear of being pushed to the fringes or having your heart and relationship with God question. Do it despite that. You need to keep fighting for justice. Keep fighting for those whose voices have been silenced or muted. Keep standing up against the status quo and don't ever let anyone tell you that your voice doesn't matter. It does. It has. And it will continue to do so because God gave you that voice for a purpose and a reason. Own it and live in it.